TPC family and welcome again to our Wednesday night series. We are in week two of our transformational discipleship series. I hope you had a chance to watch last week's message. I talked about uh, the difference between informational discipleship, transformational discipleship, and why transformational discipleship is so important. I want to continue that conversation this week as we uh, delve into week two. And this week, I want to talk about the full gospel. And oftentimes, uh, in regards to the gospel, we talk about going to heaven one day. But, you know, the gospel is so much bigger than just going to heaven one day. And that's what I want to get into tonight. How important the gospel is today, not just tomorrow in regards to our, our future in eternity. Because the gospel has a direct impact on our life today. And it can have a direct impact on your life today. Even if you've been a Christian for 20 years and you, you come to a realization tonight, you know what, uh, I'm realizing the gospel is bigger than me just going to heaven. That impact can happen today. And that's what I want for you. And that's what we're going to talk about, the full gospel tonight. But before we do that, I want to take a few minutes and pray over tonight's message. And I hope, uh, I hope you're ready to really delve into a deeper understanding of the full gospel. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for each and every person who is listening or watching this message, whether it's uh, during the broadcast or some other time. Lord, I pray that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, your ways. And Lord, you would give us a full understanding of the impact of the gospel in our lives today, not just tomorrow, not just about us going to heaven one day, Lord, but how you have transformed us from the inside out, all because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. As I mentioned last week, we talked about the aspect of transformational discipleship and why transformational discipleship is so important. And really, it all comes down to identity. We live in a culture today that it's just rampant to have an identity crisis. And this is being manifest on a million different levels. Um, but, you know, the, the, the people who should have the most secure identity on the planet are Christians. Because Jesus gives us a brand new identity in the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about, is the transformation of our identity. And we're going to talk about that tonight, how the gospel transforms our identity. But the reason it's so important to understand your identity and who you are in Christ is because, as, as I explained last week, you know, Christianity is not a behavioral modification program. It's a life transformation process. And in order for our behavior to change, we have to experience a transformation of our identity because behavior is driven by character and character is driven by identity. If we, we can't answer that question, who am I? Then our, our character is never going to be fully grounded to a point where our behavior is fully transformed. So in Christianity, our focus should not be on changing our behavior. Our focus should, on be dis, should be on discovering that new identity we have in Christ. Because as we discover that, as, as the Lord reveals that to us, and we allow that to transform our character, that will naturally lead to behavior change. 
And so it's an inside out transformation, not an outside in. And again, I think a lot of times when we think about the gospel, we think about Jesus, we think about Christianity, we think about it in an external to internal transformation process. Uh, and even in our prayers, you know, with the Lord, when, when things are going wrong in our lives, when we've got problems, uh, we've got very difficult circumstances. You know, of course, COVID, you know, the last year and a half has been a huge difficult circumstance. And oftentimes when we go to the Lord, we, and we don't do this on purpose, but we inadvertently approach God from the perspective of, Lord, will you please change my circumstances so my life will be more comfortable? But, but God's perspective is that he wants to change you in order for you to affect your circumstances. See, we want God to change our circumstances so we can be more comfortable, but God wants to build our character so we can have an impact on those circumstances. So again, it's an inside-out transformation. And I think a lot of times this is where that disconnect comes in between us and God. And we're wanting God to change our circumstances, and God's wanting to change us by our, our circumstances so we can then be the influencer of our circumstances rather than being influenced by our circumstances. Let me give you uh, a, an example. Uh, many of you know I used to be a police officer. And one of the reasons uh, people call the police is because things have gone wrong. You know, if you've got a pool party going on, everybody's having a great time, you've got a barbecue and everybody's having a blast, nobody all of a sudden says, hey man, somebody call the cops. <laughs> that doesn't happen. It's when things go off the rails, you know, people start fighting or, you know, whatever, the, the party goes south and, and it's just chaos and you lose control. That's when people say, hey, somebody please call the cops because we need to get this thing under control. Well, when I answered those types of calls, my job when I showed up was to bring order to chaos. And as a police officer... I would go into a circumstance and I had to influence the circumstance for good. But if I was overcome by the circumstance, then I would be no good. I would not be able to be a positive influence. Well, it's the same thing as Christians. You know, the Lord allows us to be put into circumstances where he wants us to be a positive influence in those circumstances. He doesn't want us to be overcome by the circumstance. Rather, he wants us to be the one who influences the circumstance. Uh, in other words, he wants us to bring order out of chaos. And we do that by bringing the kingdom, the truth of the, uh, of the word of God, the gospel, into those circumstances of our lives. But again, too often as Christians, we we view ourselves from the perspective of a victim and ask God, why is this happening to me? Why are you allowing these circumstances to overwhelm me? When in reality, what God is, is, is trying to say to us is, look, because of the gospel, you're already a victor. I've given you victory over these circumstances. And what I want you to do is learn how to walk on top of them, how to overcome them through the identity that I've given you. So let's talk about that tonight, because it all begins with the gospel. Everything is grounded in the gospel. As Christians, we don't, uh, 
we're not done with the gospel as soon as we say yes to Jesus. That's not the end of the gospel. That's the beginning of the gospel. Because ultimately, our lives as Christians is learning to live out the gospel that God has put in us. You know, Paul says that we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, what are we working out? We're working out what God had put in. God put in us a transformed identity. You know, last week we talked about that, that inner core, that spirit being transformed by Jesus through the gospel. Well, that transformation on the inside needs to work its way to the outside. We work out that which God has put in. So let's go into that. Let's, let's dive into that. I want to bring up my iPad here and begin to draw because it's one of my favorite things to do when it comes to teaching. I love using the iPad or at least the, the drawing aspect to illustrate these things. So you see we have uh, the whiteboard, the electronic whiteboard in this case. So I want to start with the gospel. Last week we talked about the fact that we as, as human beings, we have three parts. And those three parts are the body, the soul, and in the middle is our spirit. Now, when I talk about the soul, what I'm talking about is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's us. It's our personality. It's who we are. You know, my body is not who I am. I'm on the inside. And that's my soul. That's the spiritual side of me. Now, at the core is our spirit. Now, all of us, if we're born on earth, which I'm sure everybody watching this or listening to this is, if you're born on earth, then you were born with a spiritually genetic disease the Bible calls sin. And that is at our core. And this sin infects the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act. And this infection distorts the way we view life, the, lay, the way we view others, the way we view God, the way we view ourselves. And it is this distortion in our soul, in the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act, that leads to action or sinful action. Now, this is the thing we traditionally call sin. It's the action part. But the reality is sin is on the inside of us. The real source of that sinful action is the sin infection that's in us. And as I said, we are all born this way uh, if we're born on earth, which we all are. Uh, we're all born with this spiritually genetic disease, and there's no getting out of it. One of the things that the Bible tells us, Paul, Paul tells us in the book of Romans, that uh, Romans uh, 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. He, uh, he goes on uh, and says this also in, in Romans 3.10, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So we see that here illustrated in, in these three circles in the fact that we're all born with that sin nature. And it makes us all, it makes all of us unrighteous. 
not one of us is good. Not one of us understands or seeks after God. No one does good. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. That's the problem. Now, the gospel is the answer to that problem. So let's look at how the gospel works here. So we still have the three circles. We have the, the body, the soul, and again, the soul, I'm talking about the mind, the will, and the emotions. And then in the core is the spirit. But here's what's different. In the spirit, because of the gospel, here's what happens. When, when we accept that free gift of salvation and we come to Jesus and, and ask him for forgiveness and ask him to be Lord of our lives, what Jesus does is what theologians call the great exchange, is he removes that sin core and he replaces it with his righteousness. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now Paul elaborates on this in 2 Corinthians uh, verse 5, or chapter 5 rather, in, in verse 17, Paul says, therefore, if anyone is, in, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He also says in verse 21, for our sake, he made him, meaning Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. So we've got 2 Corinthians 5. 17 and 21 that refer to this aspect of being righteous. Now, our, our spirit has been radically transformed. It is fully righteous, fully holy, fully complete in Jesus, in Jesus' name and in God's sight. And this is what it means when, when the Bible you know, talks about seeing us in Christ, because we are no longer viewed by our old sinful nature. We're viewed as righteous and holy and complete in God's sight because of this transformation of our spirit. However, our soul is still infected with that old sin sickness. A sin sickness, I, I call it a sickness because it's sort of like a spiritually a spiritual disease that infects the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act. Uh, and, and what I'm referring to here is even though Jesus has taken away the source of that sin infection, we still have to deal with the infection itself. Uh, for example, if I were to go shake somebody's hand and they had the flu and I touch my eye or, or my mouth or whatever and I infect my body, I can go and wash the source of that sin away, or that sickness rather away, but I still got to deal with the infection in my body. Well, it's the same thing here. And this is why as a Christian, we still have to deal with the sin sickness in our soul. And that's why as a Christian, we can still have sinful actions driven by that old sin nature. And ultimately, sin, what it really comes down to is sin is a lie. It's a lie that we believe about ourselves, about others, about God, about reality, 
so on and so forth. But the, the reality of the gospel is, despite those lies that we believe, the truth is that we are whole and complete and righteous in his sight. So let me illustrate this uh, another way. I want to look at the three circles again, but I want to label them differently. Now, if you remember, the three circles that we just labeled were body on the outside, soul in the middle, and spirit in the core. Well, last week, I talked about these three circles, but I, I, I referenced them in a different way. I referenced the outer circle as behavior. The middle one as character. And the center one as identity. Well, that's still true. These circles reference body, soul, and spirit. These circles reference behavior, character, identity, but they're the same circles, if you will, same reference points. So what I'm going to do here is list these with the other labels. So this is body, this is soul, and this is spirit. Now, if you remember in these three circles, the spirit, because of the gospel, is fully righteous. Well, if my spirit is fully righteous and my spirit is also my identity, that means who I am is whole and complete and righteous in his sight. My new identity is fully righteous in Jesus name. That's the new identity I have in the gospel. And this is why the gospel is so much bigger than just going to heaven one day. It's, it's the reality that Jesus has made us a brand new person. He's given us a brand new identity in the gospel. Now, let me look at the character part for a minute. Now, character and soul are in the same circle. And I talked a minute ago that the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's who I am. It's my personality. Now, the character, uh, the, the Bible also sort of references character as heart. You know, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. Well, he's not talking about your physical heart. He's talking about your character, your nature. Um as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the character is at your soul level, and it encompasses your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you act, or your desires, if you will. Now, this part is still infected with that sin sickness. So your character has a lot of character flaws, if you will. And these flaws are driven by the lies of sin. And it's this character flaw that leads to behavior flaws that leads to sinful action. And this is why last week I, I, I mentioned the aspect that Christianity is not a behavioral modification program. It's a life transformation process that is grounded in identity transformation because as I pointed out last week, your identity 
drives your character and your character drives your behavior. If you, if you see these sinful actions in your life, whatever they are, and you know what they are because you've been dealing with them all your life or, or a degree of your life. The issue is not the action. The issue is your character has not been fully transformed by your new identity. I'm talking about you know, once you're a Christian. And this is why it's so important to understand that the gospel identity is the thing that will transform your life, not behavior change. You can't transform your life by changing your behavior, but you can transform your life by walking in your new gospel identity and allowing that identity to transform your character, which in turn will transform your behavior. And it goes in that direction. But ultimately, all of us suffer with a, an identity crisis. Where does that identity, identity crisis come from? Well, it comes from here. All these little lies, I say little, all these lies that are contrary to the truth of your identity and your righteousness in Jesus. I'm going to stop my screen share here for a minute. And this is what it comes down to. As a Christian, we have been transformed by Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All of us as Christians struggle with believing that we are worthy. I mean, that, that's, that's the ultimate lie that we all struggle with. Because we all believe that because of our experiences, because of what's been done to us, or because of what we've done, um, or, or because of what we believe about ourselves, what others said. So, you know, just add in all the different experiences of life. We believe we're just not good enough. We believe we're not worthy enough. But the truth is, we've been made worthy through the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, if you have accepted that free gift of salvation, you have been made completely whole and righteous, worthy and good in his sight. The challenge is, we just haven't figured that out at the soul or character level yet. That new identity that we've been given in the spirit hasn't spilled out into our character yet. And that's where the challenge is. You know, uh, another great example of this, and it, it, it'll give us a really good insight into this aspect of identity uh, crisis. You know, we read of Moses and his encounter with uh, with the Lord at the burning bush. You know, and a lot of Christians say, man, I wish I could have a burning bush experience, uh, you know, sort of like Moses. You know, the, we see that as the entrance into God moving him into his destiny as the, the deliverer of uh, Israel and the leader of Israel and, you know, considered one of the greatest prophets. Um, you know, God brought the the... Ten Commandments through Moses, you know, brought him down from Mount Sinai. Well, the interesting thing about the burning bush experience, uh, and we don't usually think of it from this perspective, is 
at the burning bush, what we're really seeing is Moses having an identity crisis. Because when he begins to engage with the Lord at the burning bush, and God says, uh, I've come down to deliver my people. Go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You know, what does Moses say? Whoa, uh, you me? No, you can't meet me. You know, I, I, I stutter. I, you know, I'm not good in speech. You know, surely there's got to be somebody else. The excuses that Moses begins to make there are driven from this sense of being unworthy, this sense of being not good enough. You know, other maybe there's just got to be somebody else that's better than me. You got to go send somebody else. Well, to one degree or another, we, we have burning bush moments in our lives on a regular basis. You know, the Lord comes to us and gives us a great opportunity in the kingdom. Uh, he comes to us and, and provides us with an opportunity to serve uh, maybe in church or in a ministry or something. But in that moment, all of a sudden, we have this overwhelming sense of the, the lie that we believe that we're just not good enough, that we're not worthy enough. And that identity crisis is really our burning bush experience, if you will. Because just like with Moses, God comes to Moses and says, I have a plan for your life. I have a purpose for your life. Here's the plan and purpose. Go, I want you to fulfill it and I will do it through you. Uh, and he says, whoa, no, uh, you can't mean me. Send somebody else. Well, when the Lord comes to us and says, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to do this thing and I want you to be involved. Almost all of us to one degree or another go, whoa, you can't mean me because, you know, I'm just not good enough. And that aspect of identity crisis really goes back to this. Let me uh, just share my screen one more time here. Uh, it goes back to the reality that my character has not been fully informed, if you will, or transformed by my righteous identity. It's when I come to realize, when I think the truth of my righteousness, when I feel the truth of my righteousness, and my desires line up with my righteous identity, that is when we have no issue, no issue with our behavior lining up and doing good actions. And that's the real transformation we're after. And that all comes from the core of that gospel identity. Because in that gospel identity, we have everything we need to fulfill the plans and purposes God has for our lives. So if you, if you have ever suffered a, a identity crisis, which we all have, I know we have, I have, uh, for many years, I, I struggled with uh, the, the crisis of identity, uh, believing that I wasn't good enough. And to a degree, I still believe that to one degree or another, um, you know, as, as the Lord continues to move me forward and the assignments get get uh, bigger and bigger, it it brings up more and more of the lie that I believe in my character 
that, man, I'm just not good enough. And, you know, the Lord just really can't use me. Um, but that's a lie. So tonight, I want to encourage you that if you have never really delved into the gospel in this way, uh, I want you to go back and rewatch this and, and ask the Lord to reveal to you the truth of the righteous identity you have in the gospel. And that any lie that you believe that tells you you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you're not lovable enough, that, that God doesn't love you, God can't use all those things, those are lies that are the direct opposite of the truth of the righteousness you have right now in your spirit through the gospel. So I, I just pray that the Lord would begin to reveal that to you this week. And I hope this gives you a greater understanding of the gospel in a way you've never seen before. Uh, because the gospel, again, as I started off this week saying, the gospel is more than just you going to heaven one day. The gospel is about you experiencing transformation today in such a way that you walk in the fullness of the identity you have in Christ. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how God begins to move us through that transformation process and line our character up with our gospel identity. So you don't want to miss next week. So I, I, I'm just so glad you're all here with us during this, this new series on transformation of discipleship. You know, discipleship is really the core of Christianity in that um, we are called to become like Christ. We are called to become the person God created us to be. And we do that through the process of discipleship. So again, I'm really glad that you're, you're part of this. If you know somebody who's struggling with their identity, as far as an identity crisis, share this, this uh, series with them. And I, I pray it will help them in understanding how God is transforming and can transform their lives. So, as we come to a close this week, again, I just want to thank you for, for watching. I want to thank you for being part of our TPC family. And for those of you, uh, of you who have partnered with us in the past, uh, financially supporting Turning Point Church, thank you so much because that financial support allows us to do things like this, where we can get the message of the gospel out on uh, social media, out on the internet, and, you know, helps us support the, the radio ministry for Pastor Jeff and getting the word of God across this entire nation. It also helps us support our local community and all the different things we do in supporting our local community ministries, such as Harvest House and the Burleson Pregnancy Aid Center and many others like that. Uh, so again, thank you for being a partner with us here at Turning Point Church. If, if you've never had the opportunity to partner before or you just would like to partner with us again, uh, we invite you to do that. And there's three ways you can do that here at Turning Point Church. You can give online at tpcfamily.org slash give. You can text the word give to 817-617-4378. Or you can mail us here at Turning Point Church at 10,700 Old Burleson Road, Fort Worth, Texas, 76140. Well, let me close this in prayer. And I encourage you to stay tuned for next week's message as we learn more and more how God transforms us into his image. Let's pray. 
Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I, I, again, I pray for each and every person who is watching this evening or, or watching this message anytime after that, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, of your gospel, of how you have transformed their identity, and that they are whole and complete and righteous in your sight. And I pray, Father, that, that would be a, an encouragement, Lord, a, a, a drawing closer to you, allowing you to continue to transform their lives. And Lord, I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen, and, and God bless you guys. I'm so glad you were with us tonight, and I look forward to seeing you next week.